chapter number 12. I actually had another message planned for this evening, and uh, wow, <laughs> uh, this one was was on my heart, and so we changed kind of last minute here, and then when Brother Keith sang those songs, it was like setting it up on the tee for me to hit a home run with. <laughs> that was the slow pitch there to me, and uh, oh, I hope the Holy Spirit will do something with it tonight. I really do. Paul says this in chapter 12 and verse number 1. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. I want to just stop there for a moment and say this. The word beseech is, is not... It, it's, a, it's a very strong emotional word. Uh, it, it, has, it has the mindset of more than just asking. Uh, every once in a while, I'll walk into Jonathan's room. I'll say, hey, Jonathan, can you... Uh, uh, can you turn that music down, or can you uh, take the trash out, or whatever it is, you know, something simple, and I'll just ask him a, a quick question. But then there are times that I have a very urgent need, a need that if it doesn't get filled, it's going to create more problems and different things. And I may go to the person that can fix that problem, and I can say, oh, please, would you help me out? I hope you can help me with this. I've got a great need here, and if you don't help, we're going to be in a we're going to be in a pickle. And the idea of beseeching is is to ask, but to ask with strong emotion, to plead with. Almost the idea of you, you you've seen people sometimes they used to use the word grovel, where people would grab and hold on to the legs of a person. I'm reminded of when uh, Jacob wrestled with the messenger of God, and uh, he wrestled till morning, and uh, at the morning, as the sun was breaking, he let, he was getting ready to leave, and Jacob held on to him, wouldn't let him go. So I'm not going to let you go. And this is the kind of passion that is in the word beseech. As Paul says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, those of you that are saved, those of you that have trusted Christ as your Savior, and I'm not asking you as the Apostle Paul. <laughs> he says, I'm pleading with you, I'm beseeching you by the mercies of God. But what a thought. Paul's saying, I'm getting ready to ask you to do some things here. And this stuff is urgent. This stuff is important. This stuff is major. And I'm asking you to do it because God has shown you mercy. If you, if you stumble or balk at the decision of deciding whether you're going to, to follow through with what I'm getting ready to ask you, remember what God has done for you. He said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, and here's what he asks. That ye, what's the next word here? Present your bodies. A living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God. <laughs> which is your reasonable service. I like that word present. God doesn't require it. God doesn't come to us and say, if you don't, I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to, you know, give it to you. I'm going to shock you with it. I'm going to strike you down. Or, or God wants us to present our bodies willingly. To say, Lord, I want to take the will that I have and I want to give it to you. I want to lay it down willingly. I want to present you with it. I want to give it to you as my heartfelt gift to you. Why? Because of the mercies that you've given to me. Not just the one time God gives us mercies. The Bible says every day His mercies are new. Every day His mercies are new. 
You and I, we owe so much. We owe so much to our Savior. Not just for saving us, but daily to be long-suffering and merciful to us. And so he, he, he brings this to bear, and he says, I want you to, to consider this. I'm beseeching you on it. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice. In order for us to be a living sacrifice, there are two requirements here I believe that he, he mentions. One of them is it needs to be a holy vessel. Uh, let's not give God the leftovers. Let's not give Him a, a, a fleshly body, a fleshly vessel, a living sacrifice that's defiled. Let's live in such a way that we can present Him with a holy vessel, a vessel of honor. I'm not saying we're going to be perfect. We certainly we understand this. We're sinners by nature. We understand that the flesh still wars, even though our desire is to live for the Lord. We, we understand there's temptations. We understand. Even Paul, uh, as great a Christian as he was, at the end of his ministry said, I'm the chiefest of sinners. Out of all the sinners I know in all the world, I, I'm the greatest one I know, he said. So we understand we're not going to be perfect. But we ought to put forth the effort and we ought to strive because of the mercies that God has shown us. We ought to strive to be holy. This is part of laying our life down on the altar. Brother Dick Snook, who uh, he and Linda were with us here just a few months ago presenting the work of Missionary Flights International. He and I were flying across the state of Florida a number of years ago and we were talking about some things and he said, Brother Greg, the problem with the living sacrifice is it keeps crawling down off the altar. And a lot of times that's true. A lot of times we come to God and we say, Lord, I want to give you my whole will. I want to give you all of it. I want to live for you day by day this way. And then tomorrow comes. And sometimes we take that life back. Paul says that we are to present our bodies a living sacrifice. Holy is the first Requests that Paul has. Because of the mercies that God has shown you and I, could any of us here deny that God has not shown us any mercy? Certainly He has shown us much mercy. Daily He shows us mercy. If you ever need a reason to live a holy life, just look to the mercies of God. If you ever need to say, well, why should I? Just look to the mercies of God. There was a, a philosophy that came out a number of years ago that... Uh, God doesn't care about the outside. All He cares about is the heart. And he, they used to, even churches and even religious groups would say, you know what, we're going we're to start acting like and dressing like and looking like the way the, the lost world looks so that we can relate to them. And if we can relate to them, then they'll listen to us. They'll respect us and they'll listen to us. Can I tell you this? There's only one person that I'm trying to please. There's only one person that I want to relate to. And I want Him to relate to me. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says I ought to be holy. I ought not to be like the world. In fact, it tells me I ought to come out from the world and be separate. I ought to, I ought to look different. There, there ought to be something different about us. When people meet us, they ought to say, I can't put my finger on it, but boy, there's something different about them. There's just something different about them. Why? Because I've got somebody living inside of me that people that are not saved don't have inside of them. I've got a Holy Spirit of God inside of me that's doing something on the inside that changes me. And what the Bible refers to here in the few verses as transforming me. 
There ought to be something different. He said you need to present your body as a living sacrifice. The first way to do that, he said, in order for us to be a living sacrifice, one, number one, we need to be holy. Make sure that sacrifice is a holy vessel, a vessel that is useful in the hands of the Master. Not an old broken down, beat up, dirty, filthy vessel, but one that can be used by Him. And then he says this in verse number 1, holy and acceptable unto God. You know, when we go through our life and we live a certain way and we, we make decisions throughout our lives, I've told people this so often before, we need to make sure that what we do, our conduct, our speech, our thoughts, are acceptable to God. I was uh, I love the, the the Psalms. I love all of the Psalms, but I love all the Bible actually. The Psalms are good. They're, they're the really good part of the Bible, as if the Bible's not all good. It is good. But uh, you know, I love the phrase. And years ago, the Lord put a verse from Psalm 19 uh, in my heart. And uh, because I was I was a pretty smart aleck young man when I was younger, I would I was quick to snap back and to say things. And I used to ask the Lord, Lord, do you need to help me with that because I really struggle controlling my tongue. In fact, the book of James talks about how difficult it is to control the tongue. It's set on fire of hell, it says. I heard, uh, I think it was Harold Seitler one time that said that the tongue was so set on fire of hell that God had to bathe it in fluid all the time and put it between two, between two iron prisons before it could even, or two ivory prisons before it could even get out, meaning our mouths. And he said, it's just amazing to me how, how difficult it is to tame the tongue. And a verse of Scripture from Psalm 19 said, Let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be, and here's the word, acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Our life ought to be holy. It ought to be acceptable unto God. When God looks down and says, I'm looking for someone to, to be used by me. I'm looking for someone to do my work. You ought to be able to look down and say, boy, there's one that's fitting. There's one that can be used. There's one that's acceptable in his behavior to me. Oh, that we would be acceptable unto God. And he says this in verse 2, Be not conformed to this world. And we've talked about that. I'm not going to repreach that portion of verse 2 other than to say this. The Bible, always, or the, the Bible says when it talks about the world that it conforms a man. Conforming is always done on the outside. It's a mold. Um, I, I've used illustrations before, numbers of illustrations before of molds and different things. Those that uh, know about molds, uh, there's injection molding and it has heat and it has pressure. Uh, when I was a kid, we used to get these funny shaped uh, ice cube holders, different animals and characters, and we'd pour Kool-Aid in them and put the toothpicks in them. Any of you all ever did that? That was the poor man's way to have a popsicle. And, uh, but it would shape it based on uh, something that was on the outside that formed it into the shape that it wanted it to. And the world always does that. The world always pressures from the outside and creates uh, heat and tension and pressure and tries to conform us outwardly. But notice what the Bible says here. Be not conformed to this world, but be, what's the next word here? Transformed. That's a whole different word altogether. That talks about it being changed from the inside out. The outside is still going to change, but it's going to be because there was a change on the inside. Not something that formed me outwardly, but something that transformed me inwardly. 
And Paul said, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. And here's how we do it. By the what? Renewing of our minds. How in the world do we renew our minds? The Bible. Psalm 119, 135. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. By praying and asking for the Holy Spirit's guidance. Hebrews chapter number 12. Seeing we, therefore, therefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is what? Set before us. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart, and lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall what? Direct thy paths. You know how we have our minds transformed? We read the Bible, and we walk with God. We spend time with Him in prayer. We spend time talking to Him. We get to know the heart and the mind of God. In Philippians chapter number 2, the Bible says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Well, how do we know the mind of Christ? I said the other day, uh, Dr. Raymond Barber, who's one of my favorite preachers, he's a great preacher. If you ever get a chance to look him up and listen to his preaching, you'll enjoy Brother Raymond Barber's preaching. And uh, every time I've ever heard him preach in, in his latter years, he always would introduce his text in Scripture and give the, the reference. And he'd say, okay, let's look to the Bible. And he'd say, uh, let's turn in Romans chapter... By the way, he always interrupts right there. He goes, by the way, when we open the Bible, it opens to us the mind of Christ. Let's see what he's thinking about this morning, and then he'll give his reference. Can I tell you this? If we're to let the mind of Christ be in us, we're going to find it in His Word. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made Himself of no reputation and took upon Him the form of a servant. You know what the mind of Christ was? It was one of humility. You ever thought about this? I mean, the God who stepped out on nothing and made everything by speaking it into existence. This all-powerful, almighty, all-knowing God, omnipresent, I mean, He's everywhere all the time. Said, I'm going to take and I'm going to, I'm going to take all of this power and might and knowledge, and I'm going to bring it down and I'm going to submit it to a human form. And I'm going to go through life and I want to feel all of the, all of the the things that the infirmities that man has to feel. I want to understand what temptation is like, and Jesus understood all of that and went through all of that. Lived a perfect life, yet the Bible says He was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. The only man who ever could do that. He goes all the way to Calvary and suffers the death of the cross for our sin. Can I tell you this? If I was God, not me, I would have been enjoying all of the benefits of being God. But to take Himself and put Him in the form of a servant, and to be made in the likeness of man. Can I tell you what an example of humility there is there? So we learn to humble ourselves. He says, And be not conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Some people say, well, those are three different wills. Can I tell you this? I think the will of God is certainly good. And it certainly is acceptable. <laughs> and it will always be perfect. Uh, you know, you could make an argument for three separate wills there. I think that certainly would be fitting and within the passage. But I'll tell you this, I think we ought to strive to do the will of God, period. Not find one of the three different ones and strive for it. 
this, this is all just descriptors of, of God's will in general. Look with me back at verse number 1 because I intentionally left out the last part of it until we got to this part of the, of the verse. These last five words, I think, are extraordinary. Which is your, and oftentimes I'll say exceptional service. This is your service above and beyond the call of duty as a Christian. To, to live like this, to live holy and acceptable unto God. To live in such a way that I am taking my will and laying it willingly at God's feet and saying, I want you to have my will. is extraordinary. No. It's just reasonable. It's just what's expected. When I look at the mercies of God, it's not an extraordinary request. It's a reasonable request. It's not just a, uh, Paul beseeching us Asking us to do something that's just a way out there and above and beyond. He's just asking us based on the mercies of God. And in comparison, it's just reasonable. It just makes sense. It's part of what we ought to do. I want us to look in verse 3 and 4 and I'll be done. For I say through the grace given unto you to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. Now I want you to notice this phrase. According as God hath dealt to every man the what? The measure of faith. You know where we get our faith from? We get it from God. Romans says, So faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the what? Word of God. John chapter 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Where do we get our faith from? We get it from God. Well, I just don't know, Brother Greg, if I can have enough faith for that. Then pray and ask God for it. The Bible says He's the one that gives it to us. According as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. I wonder often if God doesn't deal out faith like He does grace. Certainly I see times in Scripture where there's indication that men have asked for God to increase their faith. The man who said, I believe, Lord, help thou my unbelief, I think was saying, Lord, increase my faith. Help it to be greater. Help it to be stronger. Oh, that we could have our faith increased. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then, and I, I want you to look at this and we'll be done, having then gifts differing according to the Grace that is given to us. And he goes on and he takes the rest of this chapter. He starts off with uh, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the portion of faith. Now, this was in existence in Paul's time. There was still Scripture to be written yet. Once we get the Word of God, the Bible says we're not to add anything to or take anything from, and so prophecy is no longer needed, necessary. It's not in existence today. We have all of prophecy that God intends to give us in His Word. Whether it be prophecy, let us prophesy according to the portion of faith. In other words, as much as God is allowing you to do it, do it. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministering. Now, we can certainly all do that. We can minister one to another. Or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, or he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. If you'll take time to read through uh, the rest of chapter 12. We won't take time tonight for sake of time. We're not going to preach on each of these gifts tonight. Maybe here shortly we'll do a series on them. 
But I want to come back full circle to what our premise is of the message tonight, and that is this. We're to take our bodies and to present them a living sacrifice. Two requirements. Two things that ought to take place for us to be a living sacrifice. It ought to be holy. Our life ought to be holy, and our life ought to be acceptable unto God. And Paul says it's not extraordinary, it's just reasonable. It's just reasonable that we should do this. As we get and read down through the rest of chapter number 12, you'll find a lot of things that Paul gives as examples of having a life that is yielded and given to the Holy Spirit of God. Where we take our will and we say, Lord, I don't want my will to be done, I want your will to be done. I want to present it to you, I want to give it to you. I hope and I pray that we as God's people will work and strive towards this. We'll never achieve it fully. But it ought to be the desire and the passion and the drive of our hearts. Why? Because of all the mercies that God's given to us. I know I have enough faith, Brother Greg. Pray and ask Him for it. He gives every man a measure of faith. Pray and ask Him for it. I don't think anybody that's ever come to God with a sincere heart seeking Him has ever been turned away. In fact, the Bible tells us that's true. There's never been a person that I think that came and said, Lord, I don't quite understand. I want to understand that He doesn't give us understanding. I've been reading this Bible a long time, some of you longer than I have. I'm amazed at how many times I still come across passages that I didn't know and didn't understand well. Just this week I was talking to a fellow about a passage that I've read, I've preached on, I've known it for many, many years. As I began to look closer at it, there were some things about it I had never seen before in it. I thought, boy, this book is such a wonderful thing, isn't it? When we come to its pages and we begin to study it and look at it and read it, we ought to pray and say, Lord, would You help me? Help me understand it. May Your Holy Spirit guide me and direct me in it. I don't know any person that's ever come to His Word with a sincere heart that asked for Him to help illuminate the passages that He's not given understanding to. It's amazing what God does. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice. Oh, that we would take it and yield it to Him. And uh, I'll tell you this, we need to do it more than just once. <laughs> because like my friend Brother Snook said, we keep climbing down off that altar. We need to lay it back up there again every once in a while. Let's uh, go ahead and have a word of prayer. Let's, I'll tell you what, let's do this. Let's go ahead and take our prayer requests, and then we'll make our prayer time tonight uh, the closing of our service. So we'll go ahead and take uh, any prayer requests this evening. Miss um, uh, Linda Crump uh, asked, sent a message in by way of Jennifer to ask prayer for her friend Peggy. And so if you will, please be in prayer for her. Linda Craig uh, got a good report today. Uh, on her heart, but yet still some things they're going to have to deal with. But she, they did say she could drive the bus and do some things there that she wasn't sure she was able to do. So uh, that was a, a good report. I talked to Miss Florence just a little bit ago, um, and um, she's going to be going up to her son's house tomorrow in preparation for the surgery on Friday. She has to be at the hospital at about 5 o'clock on Friday morning. And uh, it's going to be a rather extensive surgery. They're talking about possibly 11 or 12 hours of it. Um, so it's going to be a rather extensive surgery, and she'll need to be in the hospital for a week or so. And there's a couple other things that are weighing heavy on her heart that she's burdened about, and I can't share. Some of them are of a private nature for her, 
and uh, but uh, some very very difficult things that have been weighing heavy on her. And so uh, keep Miss Florence in prayer, if you will. Um, also uh, continue to pray for Brother Ron Beckett. Uh, I also got a chance to go by and visit with Brother Everett this week, and uh, still declining, getting more and more frail as the days go by. And so keep him in prayer uh, as well. Hopefully here I. Uh, I'd like to, if the weather will hold out a week from, two weeks, I'm sorry, two weeks from this coming Sunday at our 1 o'clock service, um, I would like to take uh, the church over to his house and do the service over there outside. He, he's been missing church so much, and I said, well, if you can't come to church, we'll bring church to you. And uh, he's got a nice porch on the back of his house. I think we can get him to sit out there, and we'll bring a few folding chairs and uh, just have church out there at his house if you guys would... Uh, allow us to do that. I think it would mean an awful lot to him. Um, I've also been working on a little plaque. I'd like to give him just our appreciation. He's been a dear uh, deacon and uh, had some great wisdom uh, over the years to uh, be an encouragement to me, I know, and I I think even with Brother Randy uh, for a number of years. And I would just like to show our appreciation to him uh, for uh, his willingness to be used in that way. But keep him in prayer, if you will. Uh, also, this Sunday, uh, Brother Chris Lewis, one of our missionaries, and his wife are going to be with us all day. And uh, we, he and I have been trying to get together for lunch for about four months now, and something always comes up. We, one of us or the other can't make it. And so finally he said, we're just going to come down there and spend the day. I was like, come on, brother, you'd be glad to have you. So uh, he's going to be here, and he'll share uh, an update on the ministry on the 11 o'clock hour. And uh, then if you don't normally stay for the 1 o'clock hour, he's going to preach on the 1 o'clock hour. So uh, I want to encourage you to come and be a part of that. And uh, you'll enjoy getting to meet him. Just a dear dear fellow and his wife uh, both will be here. And uh, so we look forward to having them here this Sunday. Uh, but pray for them as they come, uh, that the Lord will bless them. It's been difficult with COVID and their ministry, and he shared a little bit of that with me. And uh, so continue to pray for them, that God will bless their uh, also, if you will, pray for Carol Dow um, and then uh, Miss June Boland, um, who uh, had mentioned that uh, the cancer, it looks like, is spreading to the uh, liver now, I guess. And uh, so continue to pray for her. She was here Sunday, and um, they're going to try to take a, a trip to Florida if she can tolerate the trip. In fact, they may have already gone. I haven't heard yet. But they were trying to get her to go down to Florida for a few weeks, maybe. Um, so keep her in prayer. Uh, obviously, she's getting weaker, and the, the cancer's really taking a toll on her. And uh, I'd love to see God just raise her up and heal her. Uh, but, you know, even if He doesn't, uh, the grace that He has given her has been such a blessing, hasn't it? I look at her, and I, I mean just am encouraged that God can give that kind of grace going through that much. And uh, some of you have been through some of those things like that. Maybe not quite cancer, but we know what grace is like when God gives it in such high measure. And uh, Boy, what a testimony she's been of God's grace during this time and the blessing. So pray for her, if you will. Uh, also for Gene Whitener, again, one of our shut-ins. And then Jess and Sarah Harris, uh, continue to pray for them. Pray for Pammy, who is uh, now under hospice care and... Uh, continuing to decline, and so please be in prayer for her. Uh, the decline has been pretty rapid, it seems like, here recently, and so uh, pray for that. Pray for My Place Residential. We Boy, wasn't it a joy to see them here Sunday? And uh, wow, what a blessing. 
and uh, pray that God will continue to bless with that ministry. And uh, I know we've got a few folks helping with that and uh, while Miss Katrina is out. And uh, I appreciate so much all of you that are volunteering and helping with that. So uh, keep that in prayer. Uh, also, uh, the men are, uh, well, the men that are, I was going to say brave enough, but I'm going to say dumb enough to go and camp out uh, tomorrow night and Friday night are going to go out and be out in this cold, cold weather for some reason. I don't know why in the world we're doing it. Uh, I was talking to John Seal earlier, and I think he said it best. We just don't want to lose our man card. You know, we're going to go out there and be manly and beat our chest, you know, or whatever it is we got to do. Uh, I'm going to be out there till it gets about about 35, 40 degrees. I'm going to be knocking on the door of the house saying, I'm coming in for a warmer place. But uh, pray for the fellas. We are going down tomorrow night and Friday. Pray for safety as we're down there. It is very, very cold and uh, could be could be something, if we're not careful, could be difficult to deal with. Uh, so pray for that, that it will all go well and uh, uh, that uh, we'll have safety while we're down there. All right, any other prayer requests tonight? And we'll take those real quick. Miss Penny? Yes. Yes, continue to pray for this Brother Kirkman, one of Brother Kirkman's sons, and also the church up there, Cornerstone Baptist in Wildwood. Uh, pray for them that uh, they got COVID quite a bit through the church, but Brother Kirkman's son is really doing poorly, and so please please be in prayer for him. Um, also, when you said that, I had another name that popped in my head, and I, I forgot about it I, just that quick. Too many birthdays. It'll come back to me, maybe. All right. Uh, so, yes, please be in prayer for Brother Kirkman's uh, son, if you will. Zach, right? Is it Zach? Uh, okay. Yes, ma'am. Uh-huh. Wow. Wow. Amen. Right. Okay. Okay. Amen. We're good to hear that. 